This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast, and it's so good that you're tuned in. We have a great show prepared for you, and I believe that the Spirit of the Living God is going to minister exactly to you the need that you have. If you're coming home tonight, or you're on your way someplace, or you're at home, or wherever you may be in your kitchen, sitting in your living room or your family room, I want to encourage you to stay tuned because I believe that whatever you need tonight, the Spirit of God knows and He is able to fulfill every need in your life and minister to you out of His glorious riches that are in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you to hook up your faith uh, as we begin to bring to you the Word of God and I believe the Lord will touch you. Before we get started, I just want to thank all of our friends and partners that partner with us to bring this broadcast to you. Uh, you know, we are so thankful for your letters and people that send uh, your contributions to us, and we're, we're very grateful. You can visit us at www.chrispalmerministries.com on the web, or you can write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. If you would like to stay current with us or partner with us financially, we're so grateful for all of you that give. And, you know, the word says that when you give, it's given back good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Paul's desire for the church at Philippi, he said that I have all and abound, but he said the reason that he wanted them to give was that fruit may abound into their account. If you're looking for a fruitful ministry and good soil to sow into, we encourage you to partner with us, and you can do so, like I said, by writing to us or by visiting us on our website, www.chrispalmerministries.com. Also, I want to let you know that we have a podcast on the road with Chris Palmer. We stay current with our shows and with our broadcasts on there. And so you can go on there and download them. It's free and it's a blessing for you. So you can take us and play us anytime that you want. And uh, whether you're in your car or, or, or jogging or at the gym, and uh, these teachings will be a blessing to you. And so we're thankful for it. We want to open up in prayer and then we'll get into what God has for us this evening. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your word. We thank you that it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. We're not ashamed of the gospel. Lord, the world is running around and people are, your word declares that times are they're waxing darker. But we thank you that we have the answer and that is the word of God. Your word, Father, gives us the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We receive it today. Father, I pray that the spirit of revelation knowledge the spirit of wisdom and understanding would come over every listener that's into this broadcast. And I pray, Father, that you would minister directly an on-time word and that you would open up the eyes of every heart that desires to tune into wisdom and understanding. We give you praise for it now, Father. I pray that each listener would have a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, that the Spirit of God would fill them, that there would be an overflowing in their belly. That their father would be a running over. And I thank you and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to minister on a topic today, this evening should I say, that I have not ministered on specifically just yet on this broadcast. And uh, I get inquiries, in people asking questions. I can't say that word. 
when I was in preschool, my teacher used to always tell my mom that I can't pronounce my R's, and I still have a difficult time with that today. But nonetheless, we get questions about praying in the Holy Ghost. And I want to talk about praying in the Spirit on the radio tonight. And I want you to uh, open your heart to receive what God would have to minister on this topic. And I'm not just going to be talking about it this week. I'm going to talk about it next week. And I want you to be open to what the Spirit of God has to say. Uh, First, I'll say this. After being born again, after you come into the fullness that God has for you through salvation... God has designed you as a believer to begin an immediate, close-knit fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Our lives as believers are not meant to be lived apart from the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is received. Uh, Or should I say, our reborn spirit is received the moment that we are born again. It's this reborn spirit... It's this transformation that has taken place in us that qualifies us, or should I say makes us a candidate to walk with the Holy Ghost. That is one of the greatest blessings of salvation, is that now we are qualified as children of God to walk with the Spirit of God, who is the Holy Ghost. He is our mentor. We're going to see in just a little bit. He is our teacher. He's our friend. He's our helper. He's our comforter. He's the one that uh, seals us unto the day of redemption, as the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4.31. And so our success as believers uh, is strictly dependent upon this fellowship. People come to me and they tell me, well, Brother Palmer, I'm failing. I'm having a difficult time. Uh, You know, I don't seem to be able to get a hold of this or whatever the issue may be. All the time, the greatest uh cause of most people's problems in Christianity is that they are not staying full of the Holy Ghost. And what I mean by that when I say staying full of the Spirit is that their relationship with the Spirit of God is not being refreshed day by day by day. You know that if you use the Internet, um, a lot of times if you're on sites that are consistently being updated, you have to hit the refresh button. And you can be on a web page for five minutes, and you leave, you go get coffee, you go make yourself something in the microwave, and you come back. Well, it's not the same. You're behind, and you need to hit the refresh page to update everything that took place while you were warming your glass of tea. Well, the Spirit of God is consistently moving with revelation knowledge understanding his mind is continually revealing itself to believers and so we have to make sure that we refresh ourselves with the spirit of god that means we take time to hear and listen to what he's saying every time you position yourself to hear the holy ghost every time you make the effort not just the effort but Because the effort's not really what counts. What counts is the connection that you make to the Holy Ghost. Whether, you know, some people put a lot of effort and never connect to the Holy Ghost. Now, I've talked about how to do that in the past. But when you connect to the Spirit of God, you're refreshing. What is He saying? What is He speaking? Where is He at now? That's how a lot of times churches dry up. That's how a lot of times ministries 
they don't go forward in advance because they don't refresh themselves and hear what's the latest the Spirit of God is saying. What's the latest the Holy Ghost wants to minister to me? And it's like getting a newspaper. Yesterday's news is irrelevant today. You know, as excited as I am usually to read the newspaper, if you give me yesterday's paper, it's a disappointment. There's times I'm in the airport or at a restaurant or I'm eating by myself and I grab the newspaper. And if it's a Wednesday and the newspaper is Tuesday's or Monday's news, it's disappointing. Because I feel like, eh, I'm getting news, but I'm, and I'm, I need something updated. Well, that's what you need for the Spirit of God. You need to refresh yourself and get a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost every day. So, to the degree that an individual yields themselves to the Spirit of God, that is the degree that God is able to use the individual. Whatever you give God, whatever you present him with, that is what God is going to be able to use for you. For instance, if you educate yourself, if you go to Bible school, if you learn a foreign language, the Greek or the Hebrew that's in Scripture, you're giving God more building material to make what he wants in your life come to pass. The same goes with prayer. If you never pray, if you never allow God to have his authority on the earth, if you never do that kind of stuff, you're limiting God's hands to be able to move in your life. The more prayer you give yourselves to, <clears throat> the more praying that you do, the more you enable God to act on your behalf. Well, Brother Palmer, I thought that he's sovereign. Yeah, he is sovereign. Then he can do what he wants. But the God who's sovereign and can do what he wants, delegated the earth to man, in Psalm chapter 8, says the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of, the, of men. That's also Psalm 115. And so he gave to you the earth, and so it's your responsibility to ask God to move on your behalf, because the earth belongs to us. God gave it to us, and he's not going to come in, and he's not going to try to do something for us when it's our right to ask him now to do it for us on our behalf. So we have to pray. And that's where petition comes in. Let me read to you some scripture tonight. John chapter 14 and verse 26. Some people say, well, Brother Palmer, you know, why do I have to pray? Can't just God do it for me? Well, God's powerful. But he can't just do it for you. You have to ask him to do it. You have to give him the right to bring him in on your behalf. Uh, that means that. For the will of God to come to pass in your life, you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to confess, and you're going to have to believe, and you're going to confess, and you're going to have to believe, and you're going to have to stand on your faith, and you're going to have to do that when you're tired, and you're going to have to do it when you feel discouraged, and you're going to have to encourage yourself. That's part of the Christian life. As a matter of fact, a lot of the suffering that we experience as believers is not sickness and disease and uh, tragedy, you know, car accidents and all sorts of stuff. That's not what God's called us to. God has delivered us from the beggarly elements of this world. The suffering that we have to do as believers is the resisting of the things that Jesus died for us to receive. Uh, and, and the blessing that God's given us, we have to resist temptation. We have to resist the things that Jesus has delivered us from because those things are going to continually come upon us because we live in a cursed earth. And a lot of times the suffering that you're going to have to do is the standing by faith against those things. And that includes your confession. That includes day in, day out, remaining consistent. Now, let me read to you what it says here 
in John chapter 14 and verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Spirit has many functions, like I just said, but he's widely known throughout Scripture as the believer's teacher. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need pastors, and that doesn't mean that you don't need teachers, and you don't go to church or go to Sunday school. It's not what that means. But what it means is that out of all the teachers that you have in your life, there should always be one that is working inside your inner man, and that's the Holy Spirit. He's going to be the one, as we're going to see in just a little bit, who indicates to you when a teacher comes along and is teaching falsely. And he's always going to indicate you when a teacher comes along and is teaching the truth. See, when I minister to people that have a walk with the Holy Ghost, I know that they know whether I'm speaking the truth or not because the Holy Spirit will always bear witness inside of them. He'll always tell them when something I'm saying is, if something I'm saying is error or false or incorrect. Same with anybody that's preaching the gospel. It just won't sit right with you. And that's because the teacher is teaching against it in your inner man. You know, when you're being taught something from somebody, and it doesn't sit right in your inner man. I mean, it may not be blatant heresy. It may not be total, complete, the wrong thing. But it's just, just not exactly the way it should be. You know, the Spirit of God, will you'll sense that in your belly. And you'll... You, if you'll take the time and ask the Holy Spirit, say, why, why didn't that sit right inside of me? And you open up the Word of God and you wait on Him, He'll show you. And He'll show you what actually should have been taught. That's called having a close relationship with the Spirit. And He wants to develop that in you so that it says in Hebrews chapter 5 that you have your eyes, excuse me, you have your spirits, uh, you have your spirits exercised to discern the difference between good and evil. That you're eyes of your inner man and the ears of your inner man have been exercised to a point where you can discern the difference between good and evil. But God sent to you a teacher. He sent to you the Holy Spirit because revelation knowledge is a prerequisite to working with the kingdom of God. In order for you to work side by side with the way that God does things, Revelation knowledge is necessary. That is the entry point into the kingdom of God. People that don't have an unveiling, who have never seen past the veil, never had the light shine forth in their hearts, these people have a hard time and are very limited in their operating in the kingdom. The very first revelation that you receive as a child of God is number one that you're a sinner and that usually comes as at the same time that you realize that Jesus is the only one that can save you from your sins if you're listening tonight and you're in darkness you're depressed you don't have to know if you, you don't have to ask if you're in darkness people that are in darkness they know they're in darkness he's calling you tonight to come out of darkness and into light it says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, 
and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard we declare unto you, that you may also have fellowship with us. Now John's talking about Jesus who he saw with his two physical eyes. But when the gospel's preached, and the word of God goes forth out of a witness's mouth, people hearing may not see him with their physical eyes, but the Holy Spirit comes along and he reveals Jesus to them so they can see him with their spiritual eyes. And when someone sees Jesus with their spiritual eyes, they're going to know that he's Lord, that he's Savior, and the rock on which the Lord built his church is revelation knowledge. Understanding who Jesus Christ is, that's how the church is built upon that foundation. So, your revelation knowledge, after that, continues. When you get born again, it doesn't end. The Holy Spirit wants to continue to take, first of all, the revelation of who Jesus is. That is the rock through which your life is going to be built. I'll show you. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Let me turn there here. And while he's talking, he says unto them, Who do men say that I am? In verse 14 it says, And some said, Some say you're John the Baptist, some say that you're Elijah or Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But who do you say that I am? Jesus was seeing where the revelation knowledge was at. And then Peter speaks up and he says, You are Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus says in verse number 17, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you. Your brain, your senses, your eyes, that didn't reveal it unto you, but the Father, which is in heaven, he revealed it to you. Notice the Holy Ghost didn't reveal it to them. It was the Father that revealed it unto them because the Holy Spirit had not been poured out upon man except for Jesus just yet. So the Father revealed it to them. And he said unto them, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No, no, watch this for a second. A lot of times Catholics believe that God called Peter the rock and said unto Peter, because this has been revealed to you, you're the rock and uh, I'm going to build my church upon you, Peter. But that's incorrect. Just before, when he had not revealed that he knew who Jesus was just yet, he was Simon the son of Jonah. But when he spoke and he said that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said that the Father's revealed this unto you. And because of this revelation, it has made you Peter or Petros, a rock. And it's upon this rock. What's the rock is he talking about? He's not talking about Peter. He's talking about what made him the rock. And that is the revelation knowledge. Understanding who Jesus is. And he's saying it's upon this understanding of who Jesus is, which made you a rock, which will make anybody else that has an understanding that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, it will make them a rock. Are you saying that you are Petros? Yes. Are you saying that everybody that believes on Jesus and knows who he is and has revelation of him is a Petros? Yes. And it's upon this understanding of Jesus that he will build his church and when you have a revelation of Jesus Christ, the gates of hell can not prevail against you. Because that revelation 
is working in your heart. It's working in your spirit. And it says here in verse number 19, And I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So, entrance into the kingdom comes from revelation knowledge. So, with that understanding, it is important that we set our hearts, that we set our minds, and we set our attention to receiving revelation knowledge, not from flesh and blood, but by the Spirit of God. There's people, they have a whole lot of head knowledge. They can tell you where scripture's at. They can tell you what um, <clears throat> they've read in commentaries and other books, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with that, but you need to punch past uh, just natural understanding, and you have to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost where he's breathing on things. You know, you can always tell the difference when someone's ministering and the Holy Ghost has breathed on it and when the person's trying to minister something out of their flesh. I can always tell the difference when I'm preaching the Word of God. It happens to everybody. Now, I can always tell the difference when I'm preaching something and then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost starts breathing on it. And then he kicks in and I start realizing I'm not doing this by my own hand anymore. I'm doing it by the Spirit. And you start noticing that when that happens, people start getting revelation. When that happens, when the Holy Ghost breathes on something, it can go so deep into my spirit that I could get done preaching and go back to where I'm staying at and just be thinking about it and wake up the next morning thinking about it and just stay on that thing sometimes for weeks. Because the Holy Ghost has just revealed something to me. And my brain is trying to catch up to figure it out. He's such a wonderful, masterful teacher. He's wonderful. And so the, to work with the kingdom, you have to have revelation knowledge of the kingdom. And you can't function with the kingdom beyond, beyond your personal revelation. And I've taught this before. We have to have personal revelation. You can't live your life. In Christ, successfully, off of somebody else's revelation. You can't live your life successfully, vicariously, through what I'm trying to teach on the radio. I mean, I'm giving you the information. I'm doing it by the Spirit of God. But eventually, you're going to have to take what I say. And you're going to have to meditate upon it until it becomes yours. Until you can build your own custom spiritual life upon the information that I'm saying. And that takes meditation. And it takes praying in the Holy Ghost, as we're going to see. So understanding this, understanding the importance of revealed knowledge, God sent to us a personal teacher to teach us. And he's right beside you, right now, wanting to speak to you. Now, let's go into the book of 1 Corinthians. And I want to show you a little bit of what's going on in this book. Because this is where Paul really gets into the Holy Ghost. He really gets into the Spirit of God with the role of teacher. And he really gets into talking to you about praying in tongues. Somebody said, is praying in tongues for everybody, Brother Palmer? I thought those gifts passed away with the apostles. Well, that's not true. The gifts have not passed away with the apostles. And I can prove it to you if you just follow me along in my ministry. Or me or anybody else that I've had on my show. Not just me. I'm not the only one. There's other ones. A lot of other, a lot of other people. Seeing healings. Seeing tumors disappear, seeing uh, all sorts of healings. I've seen them. I've seen them with my own two eyes. I have sat there in the service and watched it happen right before my own physical eyes. That's the gifts of healing. They haven't passed away. I've, if they passed away, then uh, we have a problem because I'm seeing it happen. And if that's the case, then tongues has not passed away. 
an interpretation of tongues hasn't passed away. So the question becomes, well, is it for everybody? It absolutely is for everybody. Well, Brother Palmer, you see, you don't understand. Don't you know what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28? And I want to address this right from the get-go. That's because someone always asks this question when I get done teaching this. And I'll just address it in the beginning. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are, are all apostles? Of course, no, they're not. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. In verse 30 he says, Have all the gifts of healing? No. And then he says, do all speak with tongues and do all interpret? And the answer is, yes. But not in the public setting. Verse number 28, 29, and 30 are talking about public gifts that are demonstrated in the church. Not in a personal time by yourself. So the answer to number 30 is, do all speak with tongues and do all interpret? That should not be a question mark there in the Greek. It should just be, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret these tongues? In public? Of course not. You don't go in a church service and see everybody speaking in tongues publicly and, speaking in tongue and, 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 and everybody interpreting those tongues publicly. Not everybody's called to do that. But, just a few verses later, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he says in verse number 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. And then he also says, I wish that you all prayed in tongues. So, or spoke with other tongues. So Paul is saying that not everybody does it publicly, but his desire is that everybody privately would speak in tongues. Tongues gets confused when we start looking at tongues as anything other than a language. When the Holy Ghost came upon people in Acts chapter 2, they started speaking in another tongue. This was a language that they received. And just like any language that you receive, you can use your language publicly and you can use your language privately. And just like any language, there has to be order with that language. You don't go inside of a church service when your pastor is preaching and interrupt your pastor while he's preaching. He'll sit you down. He'll stop you because that's being out of order. In the same sense, you don't go into a church service when someone's preaching and then start speaking in tongues because that's out of order. So just like this language you can use in your private life, you have to have order to it how you use it in the public setting. And because the Corinthians were over-spiritualized, were very spiritual people, they thought because this was a divine gift from God, they can use it any time that they want to use it because it was the Holy Ghost. And Paul was letting them know, we're going to see in just a second, that hey, you have to be orderly. Even though it's a gift that God has given the believers, there has to be some discretion and some judgment upon how you use this. Otherwise, it is not going to be... <laughs> the blessing that God intended for it to be, to be. And just like any spiritual gift, there's abuses to all the spiritual gifts. I've seen the abuses. I've seen how people take spiritual gifts and make money off of them. And it's wrong. So, 
let's go before we even get any further in the first Corinthians 14. Let's see what's going on inside the church at Corinth. Why is Paul writing this letter? And the very fact that he's writing this letter means that they had written to him and they had questions and Paul had answers and that's why he's writing the letter. He gives his opening remarks in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And then he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, Now, so this means he's getting into the letter. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this, what he's about to tell them, is he's not speaking as Paul. He's speaking to you as though the Lord Jesus Christ was writing to them. When he says, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is no, this is no small thing. He is using, the word name is the authority. He's speaking to them with the authority of Jesus Christ as though it was Jesus speaking? Yeah, absolutely. That's what apostles did. That's what apostles do. They come with the authority of Jesus Christ as though they were him. They're representing him. That's why he says in chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul called to be an apostle. He laid out his credentials. And then he says that you all speak the same thing. Now that's interesting. He wants the Corinthian church to speak the exact same thing. He's not talking about their favorite sports team, their favorite Olympian. He's talking about doctrinally. He wants them to speak the exact same thing and be on the same page. Where do you know of a church that people speak the same thing? Unless it's a church that's guided by the Spirit of God. And you're going to see that the only way people can get on the same page is if they all tap into the same teacher, and that is the Holy Ghost. And that there be no divisions among you. Do you know that the quickest thing that creates divisions among the body of Christ is doctrine? And when people begin to find the wrong sources of doctrine, they venture off and start causing divisions. One person says this person's right. Another person says that person's right. You're going to see in just a second that one of the biggest sources of division in the body of Christ is pride in their man of God. Pride in the person they're following. And even though the person they're following might be preaching the truth, the moment somebody takes too much pride in the vessel that God is using to speak and takes away from what's speaking through the vessel, that creates tremendous division. Because it's not necessarily about what someone's saying. It's about we can only follow what this person's saying. A lot of division in the body of Christ doesn't come through criticism of another man of God. It comes through over-exaltation of what your man of God is saying. As though you can't receive anything else from anyone else. Or that they're less of a vessel. You're going to see it in just a second. And you're going to see that if Paul opens up this letter with this, He's going to close with the solution. It gets very exciting here in just a second. He says that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So, he tells you why. He just made that statement in verse number 11. He says, for it's been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them of Chloe, or of the house of Chloe. That there are contentions among you. 
That means that this church in 1 Corinthians, the church of, uh, that we're reading about, this church was set up by the Apostle Paul. He was the one that started it. He was the one that put his hands to it. And it's saying here that there are contentions. People are fighting. They're bickering. They're divided. Okay? And so he says in verse number 12 and gets into why they're having these contentions. He says, now this I say, that every one of you says, I'm of Paul. And then there are other people that say, I am of Apollos. And then there's a third party that says, I am of Cephas or Peter. And then there's someone that comes along and says, well, I'm of Christ. This is interesting. You have one faction in the church at Corinth. I mean, you have here, these church, this church, okay, is limited in number and size. And there are four different, there are four different types of factions in this church. You have the faction, probably sits on the left side of the church, that says, well, we follow Paul. We listen to what Paul has to say. And then you have the faction that probably sits on the back left side that says, well, we follow what Apollos has to say. Then they probably have the faction that sits on the front right of the church that says, well, you know, we follow Peter. And then you have always have those people in the church that say, well, we don't follow anybody. We only follow Christ. There's some people that only think they don't need any teacher. All they need is Jesus. You need teachers. Those are the over-spiritual people that think that God is only talking to them. And then they don't need anyone to teach them, but of course they want to teach other people. Well, it says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.13, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? In other words, can you break the body of Christ into these different factions and suggest that there are four different teachers, four different sources? Paul's trying to make an argument with his legal mind the way that he wrote, and what he's trying and what what he's getting at is he's letting them know there isn't but one source in the body of Christ. And the minute that you start viewing the body as there being different sources in different streams, that is when there's going to come contentions and there's going to come divisions. And it's only going to become more acute, and it's only going to become more dangerous and lead to more error the minute you start following people and you negate the real source. And that is what you're going to see in just a little bit, the Holy Spirit who comes along and gives to you the revelation knowledge that you need. So that's what's going on here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So he gets here in verse number 22. And he says here, well, it says here in uh, verse number 20, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. What Paul is talking about, and then he, and let me tie that into 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, I came not unto you with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Paul, in this very first chapter, he is making his credentials up, and he's certifying himself 
Because what they were saying in 1 Corinthians was there are great speakers that are coming in. Why can't we have great speakers like the speakers of the Greeks? You know, there are good silver-tongued and golden-tongued orators like Cicero that are coming along and speaking these wonderful, wonderful platitudes and have great ways of speaking. And that's who we want to follow. People that are great speakers. Paul is saying to them, to those that have that attitude, that God did not elect people like Cicero to preach the gospel. He found the very foolish things, the foolish vessels, those vessels that were foolish, and he used those to teach the gospel. And you're going to just see in just a second how we can tap into that when we come back after this break.
And we are back here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. We're talking about tapping into the source who is the Holy Ghost, even when um, we may not be the very greatest elect of God. Or in other words, we may, Paul was talking about saying how the, Greek, the, the people at Corinth, they were upset. They were saying, well, we want these great, wonderful orators to come along and preach the gospel. And Paul was saying, hey, listen, you don't need a great speaker. You don't need somebody that is a, like a Cicero to come along. All you need is the Holy Ghost. And you need to make sure that the person that sets themselves up to speak for you is speaking on behalf of the Holy Ghost. But how does one become like that? Well, Paul said here, he says in, number, in verse number 25 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. And then he comes over here, and he says here in verse number 30, uh, excuse 31, he says, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So, when somebody is carrying the gospel and preaching the gospel, and they're doing it by the Holy Ghost, you're going to see in just a second that the source is not the vessel. The source is the Holy Ghost. And the minute that people get too infatuated and obsessed with the vessel, is the minute that contentions come into the church. It's the minute that divisions take place. Well, Brother Palmer, I thought you were talking about praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. We're making our way through it. But you have to understand what's going on in the book of 1 Corinthians to get to that place. So you have to see it here. In chapter 2, now Paul is going to lay out for you his source of revelation and understanding. So he says that, hey, listen, I didn't come with excellency of speech. I didn't come to you with the wisdom of man. But he's telling you what he did come with. He says later, he came in demonstration of the Spirit, and he came with power. And he came with apostolic authority. So what was the source behind him that was causing that? Well, he says here, Let's go down here to verse number 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the wisdom that's hidden, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for if they knew it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. These three verses are very key in telling you the substance that Paul had. He was saying that when we come to you, we come to you differently than the way the Greeks and the Romans come. When we come to you and we start preaching Jesus Christ and we start preaching him that's revealed, we are speaking true wisdom and divine wisdom, but this wisdom that we get, it didn't come from man's brain. It's different from the wisdom of Aristotle, and it's different from what Plato had to say, and it's different from Socrates. This is not the wisdom that princes had. It's not the wisdom that Pharaoh had. It's not the wisdom that Caesar had. This is the wisdom of God 
concerning Christ Jesus that he hid from them. So every king and every prince up to the time of Paul didn't understand this wisdom. Didn't quite get it. It didn't ever cross their minds. And he's saying that this is hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. He said if the princes and the kings of this world would have known what we are preaching now, if it would have at some point in the history of mankind, if it would have been revealed to them, they would not have crucified Jesus Christ. This is very powerful wisdom. So, he tells you the nature of what they're saying. And then look what he says in verse number 9. As it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, and it has not entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, we use this verse a lot of times. And we say, well, brother... Just be encouraged, because eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man which God has prepared for you. But that's not what this verse is even talking about. This verse is telling you that, that what God's plan is through Jesus Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory, okay? This plan that saved us, that caused us to be adopted into the family of God, that caused us to be partakers and enter into a union with the Holy Ghost, this plan has not been revealed to princes and kings, hasn't been revealed to the ungodly, and it hasn't been revealed to anybody outside of those that are in Christ Jesus, those wonderful things that God has prepared for those that receive Him and love Him with a heart of faith. You see, look what it says in verse number 10. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Now wait a second. Who is the us of verse 10? Of course, it's talking about Christians, believers, anyone that's in Christ. But also, don't forget who he was talking about. He was talking about Peter, Apollos, and himself, and other speakers that came in the name of the Lord to visit the Corinthian church. What he was saying is, the reason why we are preaching what we preach, the reason why we know what we know, is because we all have the exact same teacher teaching it to us. Even though Apollos may be a great speaker, a better speaker than me, I got the same source that Apollos has. And even though Peter might be a great speaker, better than me, he has the same source that I have. And so it doesn't matter whether you're listening to Apollos or Peter or me or anybody else that comes unto you that's a vessel of the Lord. You can receive from them exactly what the Holy Ghost wants you to receive like you were listening to me. That's what Paul's point is saying. And that's what I'm saying. Is that when the Holy Ghost is your source. When he's the one that's pouring into you. Okay. Or another speaker. You can receive from them. As long as the Holy Ghost is your source. Now I was trying to tell that to someone. Not too long ago. 
<clears throat> I told them, I can receive from anybody. I can I I know how to receive from people. I know how to receive even if there's someone that I don't see completely eye to eye with on everything. If they're out preaching the gospel, I can receive from them because I know the points of truth. I know where and I know how to receive. You can set yourself to receive by not paying attention to the vessel, but paying attention to the source. Now watch this. When you got the Holy Ghost in your life, and the vessel starts ministering, you can tell when he starts to minister by the Spirit, and you can also tell when he veers in, and it's not the Spirit ministering anymore, it's the vessel ministering. Total difference. So, when someone is preaching the Word of God, may, they may not, you know, you, people sometimes all they want to do is listen to their favorite preachers, and that's it. Well, you know, you can, you're going to be limited to what they have to say. And if you start magnifying what the preacher has to say, and you start glorifying the vessel, it won't be long before you have a hard time telling the difference whether it's the spirit ministering or the vessel. And you'll just believe everything they have to say and won't notice the difference when they fluctuate out of the spirit and they start ministering things that are fleshly and things that are carnal. And it's the vessel talking. So keep your eyes and your heart and your mind on the source. Keep your spirit on the source. And learn to discern the difference when it's the source speaking and when it's the Spirit of God speaking. Look what it says in verse number 11. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? Well, this is a simple illustration that Paul is using in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 11. He's saying that every human being right now has a world going on inside of them. Every individual has their own thoughts, dreams, hopes, desires, plans, and ambitions. And the only way that you can know what's going on inside of somebody right now is that they sit there and they tell it to you. You can't know it any other way. They have to communicate it to you through words. They have to communicate it to you through uh, communication. Well, here in verse number 11 it says, Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So in the same way, if you're sitting next to somebody, okay, and there's a world going on inside of them, there's same world, the same way there's a world going on inside of the Heavenly Father which is in heaven. He's up there on the throne. See, we've got to understand about God. He also has an intelligence. He is an intelligence, and he's a mind. And there are thoughts going on in that mind. There's a whole will that he has, a whole desire that he has. He has a purpose and a plan, and that's all going on inside of that. And the only way that you are ever going to know what is going on inside of that mind is if he reveals it unto you if he tells it unto you god can have purposes and he can have designs but they will be no good for you unless he speaks and reveals it to you that's where the line of success takes place is he revealing that mind to you you know i've learned in ministry the key to be successful is that you only do the things that the father says to do well brother palmer i'm going on a mission trip and well that's good 
But did the Lord tell you to go on that missions trip? Did he save for you to do that? I've done things in ministry that the Lord has not told me to do. And I know it because the fruit that it produces. Oh, yeah, you touch a couple people and you help some people. But it just doesn't have the impact that you know it should have had if God told you to do it. Well, you have to do those things that the Father says to do. And so you always are needing access into that mind. And look what Paul says in verse number 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Now this is not talking about the Holy Spirit. This is talking about your reborn spirit. When you were born again, when all those individuals in the church at Corinth was born again, they received a brand new nature. And it's this brand new nature that you now qualify to become taught by the Holy Ghost. See, he said this statement in light of what he said in verse number 8 when he was talking about the princes in which they couldn't receive the knowledge of God. He was saying the princes of this world can't receive the knowledge of God because they're not born again and they have not received the spirit which is of God. But you've become born again. We've become born again. And we've received a spirit that can understand the mind of God. And a spirit that can receive the instructions from the Holy Ghost. And because of this, we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. That's why the Holy Ghost can't speak to people that reject Jesus. That's why he's very limited in doing that, because if the Holy Ghost tries to come speak, who is he talking to? He's talking to a dead spirit that is separated from God and that cannot understand spiritual things. But when you get born again, when you come into the family of God, you become reconciled to God and you now have received a spirit that can understand the things of God freely. And look what he says here. These things that we receive, those are the things that we're speaking. Those are the things that we're coming to you talking. Apollos, me, Peter, those are the things that you are hearing from us. Not in words that man's wisdom teaches. These things that our reborn spirit received, they're not things that we heard man teach. Aristotle didn't give it to us. Plato didn't give it to us. Alexander the Great's teachers. Those guys didn't give it to us, but the Holy Ghost taught those things to us. And we're comparing spiritual things now with spiritual. In other words, our spirit receives spiritual things from a spiritual source, and that is the Holy Ghost. But the natural man receives not the things of the spirit. In other words, people that don't have a born-again spirit, they can't receive the things of the Holy Ghost because they're foolishness. And they can't know them. And he says, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. And then verse number 16, it says, for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct them, but we have the mind of Christ. In other words, can anybody instruct God? Of course not. But he's saying we receive the mind of Jesus Christ, and then because we have this mind, we receive the mind of God who can come unto us. That's a natural man. And try to teach us spiritual things. They can't do it. So whose wisdom is higher? The wisdom of those 
that are born again and are receiving knowledge and light and insight from the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the question is, the question is, how do you, as a reborn spirit, who unites with the Holy Ghost and is hooked up to that spirit, how can you open up that source of revelation knowledge? What does he use? What tool does he use to reveal that to you? And next week, I'm going to show you on the broadcast that praying in tongues is throwing yourself into a bath of revelation knowledge because that's what he's going to use to reveal the word of God to you. I can tell you, when I started giving myself to praying in tongues, the word of God started opening up for me in a way that it was not able to open itself up for me uh, when I sat in Bible school and when I sat in church services. When I started praying in tongues, the Word of God just started revealing itself to me as a source of light that uh, was very, very accurate. And I started seeing the spiritual things behind the Word of God. And praying in tongues will do the same for you. And we'll see that next week on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. We want to thank you for tuning in. Let me pray for you tonight before we go. Father, I thank you for every listener. I thank you, Father, that you have endued them with the power of God. Father, I come against any weakness any sickness in their life, I command sickness to go. I command disease to go in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that people right now that need financial touch, that the faith of God would rise up in their heart to trust you and know that you'll bring it to pass. Father, I command debt to be canceled in people's lives. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that deliverance would take place in everybody's. I pray, Father, right now, Lord, that you would touch, heal, guide, and deliver. In Jesus' name I pray, and I thank you for it. Amen. We want to remind you, friend, if you go to www.chrispalmerministries.com, you can find out more about our schedule, where we're going to be. God bless you, and we will see you next week, 12.15 a.m. on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com. Or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chris Palmer Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light.